Welcome to the Fremont Presbyterian Church Podcast. Here at Fremont, we create space for people to become lifelong followers of Jesus, and we relentlessly pursue His transformation of our neighborhood, our city, and the world. Here's today's message. So these last several weeks, we've been in the Gospel of Luke, and we've been talking about what does it mean to be generous like Jesus? How did Jesus treat people? How did that generosity then uh, cause a response in, in the lives of people? And we're going to look at a very specific example of that today through Zacchaeus. And last week as a church, if you were not here, we celebrated our annual Commitment Sunday where it was a beautiful day to see the body of Christ, the brothers and sisters of all ages come forward and, and pledge what they feel God has put on their heart. If you have, uh, have not given that yet, uh, we were, of course, are ways to do that online and through the church office. And we, we just ask that you would pray about what is God asking you to give to the mission that we want to be about, which is creating space for people to become lifelong followers of Jesus. And we want to relentlessly pursue what he's doing in our neighborhood, our city, and our world. So we finished our series of Generous Like Jesus today, and next week we'll begin our Advent series that we're calling I've Got Questions. It's all the questions that we find in the Christmas story. How can I be sure? How can this be? All these questions that the people that were uh, front row seats to God coming to earth in the, in the form of Jesus as a baby, they had questions just like we do, and we're going to be looking at that over these next several weeks. So we finish today with Luke chapter 19. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn in there to Luke 19, starting in verse 1. And this is how it reads. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save who was lost. This is the word of the Lord, and thanks be to God. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Sing along. He climbed up to the sycamore tree to see what he could see. I don't know the rest. so I... <laughs> But that's how we know this story, right? That's what we know about this story is, is that he was short, he climbs the tree. I didn't grow up in Sunday school, but somehow that song made its way into my, uh, my playlist. Uh, some of you might know how the rest of it goes, but I don't. I don't know the, re- the next verse. But 
it's all about, the story seems to be all about a short guy who climbs the tree to see Jesus. And it's, and in some ways, it's kind of a shame. And we end up doing this, though, with a lot of Bible stories. Like when you think about Jonah, what do you think about? He's the guy that gets eaten by the big fish. Is that what the story is about, though? No, not really. But sometimes the, some of the details of these stories are, are so kind of in, in front of us that we can lose the overall meaning of the story in a song like that, in this short stature, all that kind of stuff. This, this story is not about a short man who climbs a tree. It's about a changed life. It's about redemption. It's about what someone who comes face to face with the Lord of all and what that person does when he comes face to face with grace. And it's also about Jesus telling us very clearly why he came. He said it in the, at the very end. He says, salvation has come to this house. This man, too, is a son of Abraham for the son of man. The title that Jesus uses to identify himself, linking with the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. Look it up. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Now, before we get to the end, let's start back at the beginning. We learn that that places are important, names are important. Yes, details are important. Sometimes when we come across these details, for me, it affirms the, I, the, the sense that, that we believe that these are real eyewitness accounts. This is historical stuff. There are details in here that prove to us people saw this and told the story, and the story keeps on getting told. So this, we, we take comfort in the fact that there are some details in here that we can rest in the knowledge that this actually happened. So Joshua, or Joshua, um, Zacchaeus is in the town of Jericho. And so Jericho, there's also another Sunday school, clock, uh, school song, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. I don't know that one even, I would know that one worse than the other one, but, but, um, but this is another Old Testament story. We might remember the, what we learn about that story. That's the story where the walls come tumbling down, right? Well, this is another story about some walls falling down as well. But ones that are not physical, but more about a transformed heart. I learned some things that uh, Craig Keener, who wrote the Bible background commentary, says this. He says, uh, Jericho was a border city. Not there yet, almost there. Um, uh, Jericho had a custom station. It was one of the wealthiest cities of Palestine. It was in the most fertile part of Judea, and, and it boasted the Herodian palace, the King Herod's palace. And so the tax income of this place would be extensive. And Zacchaeus wasn't just a tax collector. He was the chief tax collector. So he handled all the sales and customs taxes. He also hired other collectors and oversaw them. So Craig Keener, the Bible background commentary guy, says that Zacchaeus could have been very wealthy without cheating. But apparently, he also cheated because he was greedy. He, he wanted more and more and more. What's interesting is that right before this, right before this, Jesus is confronted with another rich person, 
the rich young ruler is how Luke talks about him in Luke chapter 18. And Jesus utters these words, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now, why did Jesus say that? Because Jesus offered an opportunity for that man to follow him. But it says that the man went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus told him the thing that was holding him back was his possessions and his wealth and to give that away. But the man would not follow. And then Jesus utters these words. So this story of Zacchaeus is kind of set up to tell us, wait a minute, we have another wealthy person. What is he going to do? The first one would not follow. He goes away sad because he had great wealth. And here we have another. The story set up for us to think, oh, probably not going to follow Jesus, not going to be changed by Jesus again. But this is a different story. This is a different story. Um, Jesus invites himself over Jesus invites himself over to to dinner. But in that ancient culture, we talked a little bit about this last week with the parable of the great banquet and invitations and what they meant in that day. The request from Jesus to come to his house revealed an acceptance of Zacchaeus. This hospitality was an acceptance of Zacchaeus. Entering the home of someone Eating at their table, it's a sign of welcome and acceptance. This would be an interesting study for you to do at some point. You can outline the Gospel of Luke and find that Jesus sits down to dinner at at least seven different times throughout the Gospel. He eats with his enemies, the Pharisees. He eats with tax collectors and sinners. He is anointed by a sinful woman while eating at the home of a Pharisee. And here he eats with Zacchaeus, a tax collector. Now, this might sound controversial for some of us, but in each of these cases, I want you to notice something. Jesus seems to accept and welcome others before there is fruit of repentance. But it is his act of kindness, of that hospitality of sitting with people in their home and eating with them that leads to repentance, a changed heart, a changed mind. But in that culture, him simply sitting down with these people was a sign of him saying, I am with you. I welcome you. I accept you. But in each case, we see that people's Lives, their hearts, their mindset are changed by being with Jesus in those moments. Now, Zacchaeus responds to this generosity of Jesus' grace by giving half of what he had to the poor, and he promises to make right what he has cheated others four times more. Four times more. But I want to read the verse one more time and, and kind of highlight a couple of things because I think it... It, it, it highlights for us what change given by Jesus looks like. Zacchaeus said this, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. 
And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. There's two different tenses in there. The response to Jesus is here and now, and and I will. Did you notice that? Zacchaeus says, here and now I do this, and I will do this. Why am I bringing that up? Does Jesus make a difference in our lives? Yes, right now. Right now he makes a difference in our lives. And he makes a difference in the future. As we continue to walk with him and continue to follow him, there is a present change and more to come. It reminds me of of the Apostle Paul who put it this way, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It's a present reality with more to come. This is a response to grace. Now, back to Zacchaeus. And this is where we have the slide. Zacchaeus makes restitution. He makes up for what he has done in response to grace rather than to receive grace. That's important to point out. It's a response to that welcome and hospitality of Jesus simply coming into his home. Out of the response to Jesus, Zacchaeus responds with restitution, wanting to make things right that he has done wrong. He doesn't do it to get grace. He doesn't do it to get something from Jesus. It's a response to the grace. And Keener goes on to say, in ancient accounts of discipleship, a radical response, and and as Matthew pointed out in our giving back, it's a radical response. With possessions was a certain sign of a newly acquired devotion to the teacher. I want to say something about this. The book of Luke, it's a book about discipleship, by the way. It's a book about what does it mean to follow Jesus. It's a book where we have compare and contrast different people. As we've already mentioned, the rich young ruler says no to following. But Zacchaeus is transformed. It's a book, the book of Luke is really about the unlikely candidates that seem to get brought into Jesus' family. Zacchaeus is one of them. Not just a tax collector, hated by the people of God, by the way, but he's a chief tax collector, the worst of the worst, and somehow he gets it. The book of Luke is a book about discipleship. We see that sometimes, as in the case of the rich young ruler, there's something that keeps people from following Jesus with their lives, and yet with Zacchaeus, we discover that people are changed drastically because of who Jesus is. Now, what does Jesus say in response to what Zacchaeus offers? He says, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. And Jesus proclaims that salvation has come. Some scholars, there's a little bit of debate about what Jesus might be saying here. Some scholars wonder if Jesus is referring to himself here. Kind of a veiled way of saying, hey, I am salvation, and I just came to dinner at your house. 
Anybody invite salvation over to Thanksgiving dinner? Some think that that's what Jesus may have been saying. Salvation has come to this house. I'm right here. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Others believe that Jesus was pointing to Zacchaeus as an example of what salvation looks like. Salvation is this inward transformation of our hearts in response to the grace of God. But it has an outward manifestation to it. We change our behavior. We change our lives as a result of what God has done for us. Either way, whatever that that salvation means and what Jesus was saying with that, don't miss what comes next. It says that Zacchaeus is declared to be a part of a family. He is a son of Abraham. He is linked to a story. Generation after generation after generation, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, Jesus says he too is a part of all of that story. And isn't that what we all need? to be linked into a greater story than our our own, to have an identity of knowing that we are loved and welcomed into a community and a family, to belong to someone, to be with people, to be a part of a family. Isn't that what what we all long for? And then Jesus declares his mission statement to seek and to save the lost. Seek and to save the lost. You know, recently I had to write a brief bio for kind of a a personal website for the ministry I'll be joining in January called Standing Stone, which is a pastor to pastors ministry. And you can tell me if I was corny or creative with this, but um, I was thinking of the musical Hamilton, and this is what I wrote about myself. How does the son of an atheist, a Marxist, a philosopher, grow up to be a minister and now a pastor to pastor? If you know the musical, it's about Alexander Hamilton, and one of the first songs is about how does... Somebody that grows up like this become something like that. And you can tell me later, quietly, please, if that was corny or creative. But I did think about that. Like, how, how does that happen? My dad, atheist, Marxist philosopher. Now I'm a pastor and a pastor to pastors. So I think the answer is simple. It's because Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. I was lost. I needed him. We all are lost without him. And Jesus is still seeking each and every one of us. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And then I began to think about how others in Scripture responded to Jesus. Just quickly, a couple. The Apostle Peter, when 
He saw a miraculous catch of fish after he said, Jesus, we've been fishing all night, but we'll put down the nets, whatever. You're crazy. We'll do it anyway. And they pull up a miraculous catch of fish. And what does Peter say? It's an unusual response. He says, I am a sinful man. Then an unnamed woman who apparently had a reputation for living a sinful life weeps and pours out an alabaster jar of perfume, anointing Jesus' feet. In the presence of Jesus, she does something of radical generosity, an extraordinary outpouring of devotion. And then we have Zacchaeus. He knew his riches were an idol in his life. And perhaps it wasn't just the money itself, but his love of money that made him realize that he, he has been cheating people out of things that were theirs and that was never enough for Zacchaeus. And yet he does this, gives half of what he has to the poor, and he wants to make restitution four times more what he cheated people out. I learned that in the Old Testament law, the maximum sentence of penalty of if you, if you killed someone's sheep or lamb or something like that was you would give back four times more. Jesus, or Zacchaeus is willing to pay the maximum penalty. This is not eye for an eye stuff. It's four times more what he did wrong. Three different stories. Peter. An unnamed woman and Zacchaeus, all face to face with Jesus. What do they all have in common? I think it's this with face to face with the grace and the pure holiness of the Son of God. For each person, they had flashes go in front of their eyes of what they used to be, what they have been. It's why Peter said, go away from me, I'm a sinful man. The woman that that had been living a sinful life, she pours out everything. Zacchaeus immediately knows what it is that's holding him back. And it's his money and he gives it away. It's like who they have been flashes before their eyes. But at the same time, face to face with a love that is unconditional, they also become aware of who they truly are in God's eyes and who they are meant to be. The shorthand for this is this, they become aware of their sin and they also become aware of how deeply they are loved by him. When we encounter Jesus we become aware of our failures, our shortcomings, and our sin. And if we're really looking at him, we also become aware of how deeply we are loved and cherished by him. The late Tim Keller, author and pastor, said it like this, the gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet, at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. That's what Zacchaeus teaches us. So, let me just ask us, what would, what would make you 
do something like this. Like what Zacchaeus did. What would make you generous like this? I don't think we have any chief tax collectors out here. I'm not talking about that. But what would, if you were to be in front of Jesus and you knew that he knew you, what would you pour out? Because you saw him face to face. What would make you want to make up for the things that you've done wrong somehow, even four times more like Zacchaeus did? As I thought about this, I believe it would simply be this. Is that what would make us want to change? It would be seeing Jesus face to face and him simply saying, you belong with me. You belong with me. And when we hear these words of grace and love, may we pour out whatever it is that's holding us back from following him. Because we do. We belong to Jesus. Let's pray together. Our gracious God, How great is this love that we cannot fathom. You invite yourself into our lives. And some of us are still holding back rooms and doors. Lord, may we learn from Zacchaeus. He's so much more than a short man who climbed a tree. May we see in him this response to your grace. And whatever it is you are calling us to be, to do, to respond, may we have the courage to obey your voice. And above all, may we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we belong to you. In Jesus' name. You've been listening to the Fremont Presbyterian Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit fremontpress.org. We'd love for you to join us on Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 a.m. in the Sanctuary for Classic Worship and 10.30 a.m. in the Community Life Center for Modern Worship. You can catch the live stream of both services at fremontpress.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to get the latest episode each week. Thanks for listening. 